said. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not used to being up this high, nor commanding people. Well, no, it's not true. I have kids. I tell them what to do all the time. So that comes very naturally, in fact. Um, I'm going to start off by quoting a song. Uh, it's not a modern song in the sense that it wasn't produced in the recent year, um, but it's one that uh, I have found myself historically during certain times or ex events and experiences that I have gone back to. Um, it's not a hymn. It's not a Christian song. It's just, I, it speaks to a, a part of me when I'm in a certain place. The song is by Josh Ritter, and the title of the song is called Girl in the War. Peter said to Paul, you know all those words we wrote, just the rules of the game, but the rules are the first to go. Now talking to God is Laurel begging Hardy for a gun. I got a girl in the war, man. I wonder what it is, we, what it is we've done. Paul said to Peter, you've got to rock yourself a little harder, pretend that the dove from above is a dragon and your feet are on fire. I got a girl in the war, Paul. The only thing I know to do is to turn up the music and pray that she makes it through. Because the keys to the kingdom got locked inside the kingdom, and the angels fly around in there, but we can't see them. I got a girl in the war, Paul. I know they can hear me yell. If they can't find a way to help her, they can go to hell. It's strong language. But Ritter has his finger on the pulse of feelings that plague all of humanity. Feelings of abandonment, forsakenness, and anger at what seems to be God's disinterest and apathy towards us. Ritter strums his guitar and sings about real feelings. Feelings that pervade every area of our, of our lives when we experience them. Feelings that have a very hard time staying in the lines, not bleeding out from the heart to our head and even into our toes. Ritter shakes his guitar at the heavens. God doesn't care. And he encourages his listeners to do the same. There is part of me that wishes I could stand here and tell you that those of us who believe, who have heard God's call, those of us who have faith are exempt from sorrow and suffering, from pain and from injury, from doubt and from the real temptation to disbelief. I wish I could tell you that I have never shook my fist at the sky in anger. I wish I could tell you that I've never laid my head on a tear-soaked pillow wondering if God saw my pain and accused him of not caring. Or that I didn't know about hope so deferred that my bones ached. But I can't tell you any of those things. Because those would be some of the boldest lies I've ever told if I stood up here and said those things. The reality is that even the faithful suffer. And in grave and painful ways. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. I know this personally. And I know I'm not alone. Our lives are plastered with accolades of death and injury, abandonment, anger, hurt, and moments of very real and very dark despair. The treacherous roads of our lives are marked with wooden crosses, signaling the places where we've gone through such dark valleys that midnight is better well lit. Places where we were convinced that at the time, the keys might just be locked inside the kingdom. 
moments where you'd rather throw your Bible across the room than read it, moments where everything you knew to be true seemed so distant and unreal that you were left wondering, maybe I've been living a lie. And maybe, as Josh Ritter says, talking to God is just like Laurel begging Hardy for her gun. Moments where you were quite convinced that God had finally turned a blind eye to you. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. At the end of the second chapter of Exodus, Moses writes, God saw the people of Israel and God knew. He saw them. He saw their enslavement. He saw their misery. He heard their groaning and cries for help, for release. And he knew. While the words jumped off the page to me when I read them recently, they're simultaneously somewhat odd. I'm left asking, what did he know? The way that this word is used here in the original language is as observe or realize. But the word has stronger connotations than merely as a restatement of seeing or the ambiguous realize, because I'm still left wondering, well, what did God realize? Some other connotations are experience, recognize, care about, be concerned about, to get to, know, become acquainted with, understand. It's also the word used when describing the intimate knowing of Adam and Eve in Genesis 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife. When Moses writes at the end of Exodus 2, and God knew, he is telling us that God knew intimately the sorrows and troubles of Israel. Their cries and groaning were not falling on deaf ears. He heard. Their enslavement and misery were not hidden. He saw. He not only had compassion on them, he had empathy. Not apathy, not sympathy, but empathy. As it happened to his people, it happened to him. He knew their pain. He knew their suffering. Jesus himself makes this point manifest when he, after his ascension, appears to Saul on the road to Damascus to persecute Jews who had converted to Christianity. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he, Paul, said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. When God's people are attacked, when his people are persecuted, when they suffer, when they have pain, he knows, and he knows intimately. When Saul persecuted the church, God's people, he persecuted God himself. God is united to his people through his Son in such a way that they are, for all intents and purposes, one flesh. To harm her, his church, his bride, is to attack her, is to attack him, the bridegroom. God knows. And when God knows, God acts. The third chapter of Exodus opens up with God calling Moses and sending him to Pharaoh to demand that he let God's people go. When Saul was persecuting God's people, Jesus appeared to Saul and Saul was converted. God's righteousness is inherent in his character, and it's in his character to care for those who are afflicted in pain, and even pain unto death. 
As he heard the cry of his people in Egypt, he does hear the cry of his people now. When God knows, he acts, and decisively so. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God has revealed himself once and for all as a God who knows. Specifically, he's revealed himself in the event of the cross as a God who knows. Because of what Christ has done for us, through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we stand pregnant with the fulfillment of the promise that even in our darkest moments, in our despair, in our loneliness, in our abandonment, in our forsakenness, Jesus, who was no stranger to abandonment and forsakenness, has endured all of those things and more so that we would have the assurance and reassurance that he knows and that he has physically actually been there. Your suffering, your sorrow, your grief, and your pain is not indicative that God has turned his face from you. He hasn't. You have not been abandoned. It's just the opposite. He loves you so very, very, very much. So much that he laid down his life for you because he hears your cries, because he knows. We are not exempt from a painful life, even suffering so great that it can lead us straight over the cliff into an abyss of despair. But let me offer you these words as comfort, as hope. The keys are not locked inside the kingdom. The minor prophet Malachi writes, The sun will rise with healing in its wings. In Christ, the risen sun, there will be healing from sorrows, from the pains of this life. That the promise of God to his people spoken through Malachi, spoken through the entire Old Testament. There will be healing through the atoning death of the son, God's son, on the cross. In the book of Romans, Paul writes, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. The baby has been born. The pains of childbirth are finished. And because of what Christ has done at Easter, death, sorrow, pain, suffering, and despair have received their verdict. No more. There is a no in the event of the cross, but it's not directed at you. It's never directed at you. It is directed at the very real events that torment us in our mind and in our body and even in our soul. Suffering has a unique way of drawing us to this God who is love, who is not far off when we are at our saddest, our angriest, but to a God who has come close, God with us, Emmanuel. Suffering has a unique way of drawing us to the suffering God who suffered for us on the cross, who was raised from the dead and who has declared that the suffering of this life will not last forever, that the suffering of this life does not have the final word because he has conquered it. There is no hope amidst suffering apart from the word, apart from the gospel, apart from Jesus Christ himself, the end of suffering. There is no dark night of the soul that is too dark to cloak you from God's eye. There is no pain so great that would cause Christ to just shrug his shoulders and mumble some disinterested, oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. There is no sorrow so deep that would cause your pain to be outside of God's knowledge. Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus weeps with you and whispers to you, I know. I've taken care of this. You, yes, you, are the very apple of my eye. I see you, and I hear you, and God knows.